welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool. I am the pastor of First Southern Baptist Church in Westminster, Colorado. And with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Hey, what's going on, guys? How's uh, how's life out there in the Bluegrass State? It is uh, chilly and dreary. I forgot that when we went from Eastern time, which is dumb time, if you're Best listening time. time, uh, I don't mean any disrespect. It's just horrible. Um, but I moved southeast and, and somehow in central time now, which makes sense. But uh, I left work today at 4.30 and it was pitch black dark. And I was like, this is stupid. Oh, yeah. Like, I get to watch more TV shows because it's not as late, but it's dark so stinking early. My dog's afraid of the dark, so she won't go outside by herself, and it's cold. Yeah, it's cold out here. We got a little bit of snow, depending on where you are here. And it just feels like January for this part of Colorado than it does, you know, the week before Thanksgiving. Look, I'm here for the weather. You bring on the cold and all the snow you want. Yeah, I just you well, offensive you offensive linemen always made me mad about the winners. Forty five <laughs> more minutes of sun. If I could just get that, that's all I'm asking for. But yeah, I'm an idiot walking around in shorts and a t-shirt with my dog on a leash in my front yard. Hey, neighbor, grabber's full. <laughs> well, Andy, this is uh, another milestone for us. This, We've is had our, a lot of this is our 13th episode. I don't know if I should say it's 13th or just automatically make it 14th, but this is our 13th episode. And uh, we have our first real guest, um, unlike last time. week's virtual guest of Andrew Jones. Um, Which, by the way, made my day. Thank you. <laughs> Pretty stinking awesome. But now today we got we got big time. Today we got a doctor on the show. Like this dude might know what he's talking about. So he I might. We're ready to uh, to get schooled, us, but but unbeknownst to to him, um, he has been declared to be a friend of the show that friend he's never the- listened to. <laughs> I don't know that he's ever listened to the show, but friend of the show. <laughs> his, 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 his response when we got on this call was, how did I get here with you two knuckleheads? So I don't know about his friend of the show, but with us. Uh, on this episode is, is Bryce Ulrich, and Bryce is the doctor. Doctor Bryce. Doctor Bryce. Doctor Bryce. Don't forget that, Andy. Don't forget that he is the senior pastor of Cross Family Church here in Parker, Colorado. Um, Bryce is probably, I guess, I, I think between my church and your church, maybe twenty-five miles separate us. Yeah, probably something like that, and about an hour and a half of traffic. So, <laughs> yes, that's right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> an hour I and a half. I'm just happy to be here on the 13th episode. Like, right. you know, that's my favorite number, 13. This just could not have worked out any better, right? Look, it's almost like we planned it this way. And if you believe that, I've got some awesome oceanfront property in Arizona to sell yes. to. Yes, yes, absolutely. Except absolutely. that my original plan was to play that Andrew Jones video um, on this episode. Because the one bonus we get with Bryce is um, Bryce has known Andy for for a while, so maybe we get the inside the inside scoop on how much Look, of a knucklehead was, Andy is. I was so excited about this episode, and as I was driving home or to pick up the boys from school today, it hit me like I am going to be a punching bag this episode, <laughs> and I only have myself to blame for everything. 
Well, you know, we knew each other in a different life at a different place called Terre Haute, <laughs> Indiana, which is similar to Vegas in the fact that what happens in Terre Haute stays in Terre Haute. So, Andy, uh, your secrets are safe. Uh, I, I so true. My, one of my favorite stories with you, and I'll only tell part of it because <laughs> what happens there stays there. But us, uh, our wives, and then the Schmitz went to um, an all-you-can-eat sushi place. <laughs> and uh, for those of you are listening, me and Bryce are not small people. No, we're and God's gift of buffets. That's right. Like with some, I don't remember who. And maybe it was Doctor Wife. I don't know. Somebody's like, "Hey, all you can eat sushi, twenty bucks." And we were like, "Wow!" <laughs> so we show up, and it's this little hole in the wall. It's an old pizza hut. Yeah, they've converted. And so you walk painted in, purple, painted purple, right? That was it purple. painted purple? Yeah, it was painted purple. Um, and really, the fact that our wives let us go in shocked me. But we walk in, and it's me and Bryce walk in side by side. And then the other the other four follow us. And the main guy making the sushi looks at, at me and Bryce and goes, oh, crap. Tucks <laughs> his hand and walks to the back. And I was like, that's right, folks. We are here to mess stuff up. <laughs> oh. Well, this well, place had, had, a, had an interesting rule because you had to eat whatever you ordered. You were only allowed, was it like four pieces, Andy? I think you could only have. Anything more than three, it was a dollar a piece. Dollar a piece charge. So at the very end, as we are all sitting there stuffed beyond measure, we had to like do the rock, paper, scissors to see who would eat the last few pieces to get us to three left because (laughs) we were not paying the extra fee. For that all you can eat buffet or all you can eat <laughs> for some reason we stopped at Cold Stone on the way home. <laughs> it helps it all go down. It you know oh it was coats the was, stomach. It's a great outdoors moment, right? You know, the old 96 <laughs> yeah. here, yes. get a dessert down, make it all better, right? Well, it was a rough next morning. Uh, <laughs> well, Bryce, I think uh the interesting thing I thought about before we started this is I think that our ships kind of crossed as you made your way from Terre Haute to Colorado. I left Colorado and made my way to Terre Haute. So uh, we were like two ships passing somewhere on I-70 and we both ended up with, we both ended up with the same sidekick. Yes. Yes. That's uh, I'm not sure if we're blessed or cursed. We'll let the (laughs) listeners figure that one out. Well, it depends on if you ask my wife or not. (laughs) <laughs> oh goodness now, i was i was blessed to work alongside bryce and church and, and Terre Haute for a little while he he kind of told me i was going to work with the youth and i was like you know you know i said i because we had just left the church on on not great terms and we were at lunch and i was like hey i just want to sit on the fuse for a little while um just so i can you know fix everything in my head and he's like all right well i'll see you wednesday at youth and i was like did you hear me <laughs> Bryce looks at me in the most matter-of-fact tone and goes did you hear me <laughs> well, i showed up at youth on wednesday night <laughs> never never left oh that's funny that is funny so last third- my favorite story so i'm sorry One no go ahead go ahead story. we go to indianapolis with a bunch of guys to go watch the baseball yes. What what is the name of the team? I cannot the remember. Indianapolis the Indians, the yes. Triple A affiliate for the Pirates. Dude, 
a flood comes. Literally. Took a church van. We're here in the church van. And like the water is up to the bottom of the church van. Like oh. we literally had to sit in the parking lot and wait for the water to recede so we could proceed out and get back home. It was one of the craziest nights. And we don't get rain like that in Colorado. Like no. that's one thing I miss. We don't get that kind of rain. No, but how many people did we have to like push out because they started floating or <laughs> they couldn't make it and couldn't? We went up with our pants rolled up to our knees, like running through water trying to get cars out. Yes, we were drenched. I mean, and it was, but it was typical Indiana. The flood came and then it quickly, being in Indianapolis, it went down very quickly, but we yes. had to sit there and just wait for the water to recede. That's when. Andy became Noah for us for a little bit. So, <laughs> um, and then still, they called the game. We didn't even get to watch a stinging game. I know, exactly. We, we missed the whole game. Got flooded and everything. But uh, playing floodwaters. Yes. <laughs> Reminded me of my childhood. <laughs> so uh, last Thursday, I'm sitting at a table with a, a bunch of NAM, some SEND church planners. From the Denver area, and and I make this statement to them, which is it's a stupid statement, but I I, I still it. think it's true. That I said I'm I'm a little jealous of you guys because I know planting's not easy, but you didn't inherit all these you know bad habits or just the things you inherit when you you're you're taking on an established church and you're replacing sure. somebody who's been there for a long time. And they looked at me like I was drunk. And I said, no, I know your life is difficult. I said, but you know, in about four or five years, when you have culture issues, it's going to be like looking at your child when you see all your bad character traits in your kid and you're like, Oh no, I got to stop this. You know, that probably most of the, if you have some culture issues in your church, it's because of you and you've brought them and hopefully you'll be able to fix them. But Bryce, um, at Cross Family, how, how long has Cross Family been there in Parker? How long have you? We've been here for three years. So we just turned three in September. So September of 19, we launched COVID hit in uh, what March of 20. Yeah. And so we, we, were, we were around for about six months before the world shut down uh, during that time. Um, and stage shut down in our state because I had made my transition back from Indiana to here. And it was uh, it was like going back in time when I came from, you know, Indiana was wide open. I mean, maybe not 100 percent, but it was a lot less yeah. restrictions and and you had a lot more restrictions here. So uh, I, I thought maybe what was that? What's that? I mean, besides all the stuff that comes with being a church plant and, and you guys are portable, right? Is that right? You're in we a are. school. We're still portable. So. Yep. What's that? What was that situation like being in COVID through that yeah, whole situation? You know, we, we were blessed. Douglas County was more in the Denver Metro. Douglas County was probably the most lenient. Oh, sure. uh, we still fell under Tri-County. Um, and so we were without a home for, gosh, I want to say six weeks. I can't remember exactly four to six weeks because the schools um, even wouldn't let us in the building uh, at that point. And so we did a little bit. We were just completely remote. But then we started meeting in the parking lot and so having drive-up service uh, just to kind of be back together. And then we were blessed. The school, uh, where we meet in a charter school, and they were like, hey, look, y'all can come back in. And so 
we were cautious, but we we were honestly one of the probably the first churches around here to go back in meeting pretty regularly. Um, we, um, I can say it now after the fact, I guess we didn't require masks. We let people make that choice uh, for themselves. And so being a, being a plant, we weren't on the radar. Some of, some of the larger churches around here, I think were, um, I don't want to say targeted, but I think they were, they had to be more aware of the perception. Of oh yeah. If they go back, we were small enough being six months old, we flew under the radar sure. and, uh, and so one of the cool things that happened to us is really, I mean, it was hard, but God used it because we were meeting in person. We actually picked up two or three families that were tired of their churches. Oh, wow. Meeting. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so they, they found us and, and came to us and, uh, and that was, that was really special and kind of unique in that. Uh, and so then we just kind of, you know, I mean, we all kind of moved out of it. Douglas County moved out a little faster than other parts of the metro area, uh, quite honestly. And so we were just blessed uh, in there. And so the, the hardest part about being portable, uh, because I think we may have never, quite honestly, uh, we may have never stopped meeting in person if we had not been kicked out of our facility. I think we would have spaced, we would have done all the things to be, you know, to be safe and take precautions, but losing our space was the really hard part for us. And, um, and so, you know, I, I think we all look back as pastors. It's interesting just to kind of ponder. I think there's been more damage done in the church and in society as a whole from that lockdown. Oh uh, yeah. And I think a lot of us would honestly, um, gracefully defy orders the second time around and I go, you know what, guys, we're not going to stop. Like if you don't feel comfortable coming, watch online, but we're going to keep gathering. Yeah. And, you know, if you need to arrest us, arrest us, whatever. But I think it's almost for most of, you know, pastors like us, I think it's emboldened us to looking back and seeing the damage that's been done. Um, I, I think it, you know, it's worth and just standing on the principle of scripture you know, our, our fear is not a is not COVID. You know, we we trust the one and know the one who controls all that. And so, I, I think we would have a different perspective on it, um, quite honestly. And so, I think that's been different. And I know this probably this this is a side tangent for me, but I've got lots of friends in ministry that are still struggling with people coming back to church. I mean, oh, yeah. it's been three years. You know, um, I know that. Uh... In Terre Haute, where I was serving, when it all hit, I mean, we were running, and we were a small church. Uh, we were running about one one fifteen, one twenty, um, on a Sunday, and we that we, I say we, I'm not there anymore, but we still haven't recovered. I mean, they're they're lucky to run sixty uh, uh, service, and all the the kids and the students that they had, they've gone because other churches have groups that are, you know, that they can plug into, and so parents have pulled and. Um, looking at it from a, a student ministry perspective, but yeah, there there are many churches within areas that you wouldn't think that are still not, and I think a lot of that is due because so many services are online now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so it's so much easier. I even we had a deacon tell us, like, it's so much easier not to fight with our kids. Um, when we can just sit at home on the couch in our pajamas and listen to you talk. Yeah. 
And I was like, man, if it was only about listening to me talk. Yeah, it has really brought to light, in my opinion, the the lack of theological understanding or even practical understanding of what the church is for people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so, you know, there. I mean, I've got several friends that just have people that are just, it's not a health issue anymore. It's not a concern. It is pure um, just desire, and it's easier to watch, and then I go do what I want to do. And I don't have to deal with the people that make me uncomfortable or whatever. I can just, you know, sit, turn it on, turn it off, and I can leave, and you know, and go to the kitchen, do whatever. And, and quite honestly, I don't have to pay attention. I can be in my pajamas. And it's just pure choice. And that's just not biblical. Um, and, I, and I think it's revealed, unfortunately, it's revealed the depth of some believers or lack thereof in their faith because they have treated Christ's bride like it is optional. And, and that's not what we believe as Christians. And um, so it's been, it's been interesting, but the, kind of going back to the, kind of the first question, it was a tough time for Cross family, but I honestly think it, God blessed us through that time in a lot of ways um, that, you know, we probably would not have had, uh, did it slow our growth potentially? But I think it also strengthened us in some other ways that may not be as visible. And so, you know, we look back at COVID and, you know, we we kind of quit talking about it. Like, it's just kind of like, yeah. it's over, it's done, it's part of the story. We'll never do it again, you know. But I think through God's faithfulness, adding some families during that time really kind of showed the people, this is why we gather in person every week and we don't neglect the gathering of the saints. And God honors that. And so I think it was even a teaching moment for our people about God's faithfulness. Oh, yeah. Amen. That's, and that's great, because I, I think the church that I pastor, we still have families who won't come back because of COVID and they stick to the online. And and, I, and I'll admit, I don't think anybody my I don't think anybody from my church listens to this, but um, I don't spend a whole lot of time on the live stream. I realize the live streams uh, unnecessarily to me, it's a necessary evil. I realize it has its purpose for those that are homebound or ill, but I, I'm not, I'm not making it fancy. We are people who want to. Yeah, we we had a debate coming out of COVID a little bit, and we started regathering six months in or so. Whether we were going to invest in that or just cut it, I mean, we 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 came very close to just saying we're going to record, we'll post the sermons you know, in our feed, but we're cutting live stream just because we, we didn't want to feed that kind of issue, quite honestly, amongst our people. We ended up just sticking with it, mainly because we had some people that were, you know, that were having health issues, not co-related. I sure. mean, just, you know, chemo, therapy, just sick, whatever. And we are like, okay, we're going to keep it. But we had that, I mean, I'm with you, man. We had that conversation. We don't spend a ton of time on it. It's not a priority for us. Yeah. Um, just because we don't, we want that to be the means of last resort, not means of first preference. Absolutely. When we, when we first started meeting back, it was put on me because, you know, student pastor, we, we know technology. You're the young, you're the young and I'm old for a student pastor. I don't know technology. <laughs> like, Andy, make this work. And so I went and bought a GoPro thinking that was good enough. And I remember at a business meeting, one of our, I love this woman to death. 
but I just remember getting so mad because nobody, like I've been, I had said multiple times, like, I don't know what I'm doing. This isn't going to be quality. I don't want my name on it. So it's, it is what it is. I remember spending time with you trying to figure that thing out. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure, I finally called one of my <laughs> and I was like, hey, fix this. And they're like, I don't even know what that is. Don't you have a cell phone? And I was like, you're dead to me. But anyway, we're getting ready for a business meeting, and I think that she thought that her um, phone was on mute, and she just railed. Whoever is working this camera and running this stream, it is horrible. They suck at it, and if they can't do any better, they need to let somebody else run it. And I was like, I, uh, please, please, somebody take it. And so she, God love her, she bought. She's like, you tell me what you need. I'll sign the check. <laughs> bought for the church. And then I told one of the elders, I was like, that's your baby now. Like, I don't want yep. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, that's funny. So uh, having both been, you know, pastored in both situations, right? They were in West Central Indiana and out here. What, what's the political climate? Ha have you seen? Have you seen some obstacles with the political that. climate go, that you and I, mean, I face? I the mean, election's I not that long ago. Like, are we bringing up sour milk already? Like, no. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, well, Andy, you don't under like if you live in this state, we've gone through the most four four of the most progressive years ever in the history of this state, and the next four are gonna double down. Yeah. So it's been interesting for just me personally, growing up in Alabama. Sure. Ultra conservative, right? I mean, I remember as a as teenager, uh, the blue dog Democrat became a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of guys went to, you know, the Republican, and it's been Republican strong ever since. Indiana was not that way. Indiana was more, more mixed, quite yeah. honestly. It was very balanced, which I appreciated. And then I come to Colorado and people say, oh, Colorado's a purple. It's a good mix. And I go, Colorado's as blue as blue can be at this point. And, and I, I don't even like ever. Yeah. I mean, it's Colorado's is really, I mean, in this last election, Governor Polis um, won by, I think, the largest margin in history in Colorado. I believe I'm correct on that. And, and I'll give Governor Polo some credit. I thought in COVID, he actually was very balanced in how he, um, in the in early stages, he was a little more restrictive, but he definitely, um, in my opinion, went the way of common sense on some of he those did. restrictions. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, versus, you know, some other states that just went nuts. And so I, I respect him. We don't agree on everything, obviously. And I don't even like talking to Republican, Democrat. No, nah, yeah. I mean, I... I hate those, but I will say this, just the climate here, I think one of you guys used, I think, Chad, the progressive is just definitely the climate which we're in. And so it has been, it has not really, I would not say it has limited us in any capacity, quite honestly, of how we do ministry, but it is it is evident that we are not in Kansas anymore, to right. kind of use that quote. And so... Uh, here we are, I mean, just in a conservative viewpoint on marriage, on um, use of, of, you know, just legalization of marijuana, on just any social issue, abortion. I mean, we are definitely in the minority by a, a, a pretty big amount here. 
Uh, and so it has, uh, it has been just, it's been a different experience. I, you know, the gospel is the gospel is the gospel. Amen. You know, where, where you are is different in how people receive it. And then I, I believe strongly that you share the gospel the same, the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think how you even make some of those introductions is different. So for example, I mean, we were at the zoo here in Denver a couple of weeks ago and had a, um, a family uh, come up and just, uh, we were there with our, just our kids ministry and like, Hey, are you with the church? And one of my, my children's minister or children's leader, ministry leader was like, yeah, we are. And they're like, well, Hey, are you affirming of all the, you know, whatever? And she's like, well, we're, you know, we, you are always welcome, but we affirm to one man, one woman in marriage. And, uh, and the woman was gracious and kind but was very clear she wanted nothing to do with us because yeah. you know we we were not an affirm a queer affirming church in her that was her terminology not mine. right uh and so you know it, it's really interesting here because i feel like we have more churches here that are affirming of that lifestyle versus indiana or versus alabama and so i, I oh, feel yeah. like just the the context and so I think one way we do have to be clear in how we articulate it is explaining who we are, because when you say church in Colorado, it's a whole option of what that could be. And oh, yeah. It's this whole sort of cavalcade of you could be the 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 pot church to yep. I mean, yeah, that that term is doesn't mean what it means everywhere else. Yep. And, and so from Indiana, which. I mean, there were a couple of churches in Indiana you'd have to go in, but really it wasn't. I mean, it was a pretty solid community there at churches, Alabama very much so, but here it, it just means a different thing. And so we, you know, we just try to, to talk about Jesus as much as possible uh, and then let that kind of roll from there into who we are and what our beliefs are. Um, you know, this will break a lot of Southern Baptist hearts, but I don't lead that we're a Southern Baptist church. I just say we are a Bible believing church. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, when they get connected with us, we're very clear about our affiliation. We don't hide that. But at the same time, we want people to know like, Hey, we even just kind of convictionally, we are a church based on scripture, not denomination. So we kind of make that very clear from the beginning. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's, it's been interesting. Colorado is a place. And I know Chad, you know, this where, you don't get, we, we believe in door-to-door -door evangelism. So we still do that in our church. People think we're antiquated and that's okay. I'm doing uh, it this week. Yeah, oh, it works for us. Bryce, I know you're new to the show. We don't use big words, okay? We don't use big words. <laughs> have you just have okay, you figured Andy, out what mea go. culpa means? <laughs> I still don't know what that means. <laughs> so in Andy's, for simple terms, we go into a neighborhood. We walk. No, I know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what antiquated means. <laughs> Wasn't sure if it was the door or evangelism that you were stuck on there. So, uh, but but anyway, you know, we people some people think that is old, Andy, yeah. or outdated. Yeah. Right? Could you just say that like a normal person. <laughs> so, uh, but no, but we, you know, we believe in that, and and so when we do that, Colorado's a place where. We don't get a lot of people that yell at us. We don't get a lot of people slamming doors. We do have that occasionally. Yes. But the average response here is more of, 
hey man, that's cool. You believe what you want to believe, and yeah. I'm gonna believe what I want to believe, right? Oh, yeah. and, uh, and even like in the political environment, I've seen some ads recently from some of our politicians about Colorado's founded on independence, and we want to make sure that you have the freedom to do what you want to do, you know, and that mindset transfers to their positions on faith or religion or whatever terminology you want to use. And so folks here are not as abrasive. It's just more of a, I hate to say this, it's it's almost like, hey, dude, like you just do what you do. Yeah. I do what I do. Like they're almost high. Like, you hey, do man, you. You do you. I do yeah. me. We're all good, bro. Like, you know, and, uh, and so. Talk like that for the rest of this. this segment. That would be great. <laughs> I mean, I think it's sort of like a libertarian mindset that's transcended yes. politics. Yes. To like, guys, don't don't tell me what I can do. I'm not going to tell yeah. you what you can do. Uh, don't raise my taxes. <laughs> and yep. You can do whatever you want. And yeah, you do you. That is yep. that. And that, yeah, because I mean, I did door to door where I was in, in Indiana. And I had, I literally had doors slammed in my face throughout that whole neighborhood, probably more than 60% of the time. And here it's like you said, they're they're a lot more gracious about it. It's like you know, they're just like, all right, it's nice, that's cool. Oh, okay, I'll I'll, I'll stop by one day, you know, something that, like that. That area though in Indiana is, and even here to an extent, like the the southern hospitality. I know Terrence not in the south, but like Kentucky and the southern hospitality is almost gone. Like you can't just show up at your neighbor's house anymore and be yeah. like, hey, let's sit out on the porch. That's yeah. not a that's not a thing. Um, we don't have porches out here anymore. They don't build houses with porches out here. <laughs> it's the same money. garage. It's the same. It's the mentality that when I go in my garage, I shut my garage door, I go inside, I never go outside, I yeah. don't meet my neighbors. I mean, it, that really. I think that is, and COVID has made that worse. That is a, a nationwide big word, Andy, phenomenon. That yeah, I know that one. You know that one, right? Watch wrestling uh, as a kid. I know what that is. <laughs> and as an adult. <laughs> but that that has continued. And so that's – so what we're now – we're trying to – because we, we've been kind of known as the, the door-to-door church. And so now we're focusing on, hey, guys, we want to always be bold in our evangelism and approach people we don't know, but we also want to do the relational. We want to be holistic in that. And so right. it's encouraging our people to – you know, to go and, and to get to know their neighbors. And that's hard to do. Like, I, I don't, and I don't know, like, Indiana, like, we had a great relationship with the school system. We could get in the schools. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it before. Here, it is like pulling teeth yeah, yeah. to get into the schools. And we finally got open the door for us. This Friday, we're going to go serve the faculty at one of the, the local charter schools. But the school we meet in, we have asked multiple times, can we just come provide breakfast for your teachers. Can we do this? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. They hem haw. They don't want to say no, but they say no, right? Oh, yeah. And so finally, we got this uh, principal who has, you know, and, 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 and I think he was a little hesitant, quite honestly, at first when I'd emailed him. When I saw him in person, I said, hey, man, we just want to serve. If we just want to do a meal. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. And yeah. so finally... We're getting in the door, but even in that, it's just hard here. It is. People are so protective. 
Um, and so it's hard for people to build relationships. And so we're encouraging our people now, like you got to build relationship with neighbors, coworkers, friends, um, because that gets you beyond that. Hey, you do what you want to do. I'll do what I want to do kind of mentality. And you can start to build some relationships. Yeah. That's, that's probably what I miss most about the Terre Haute areas. You know, when COVID hit the, the superintendent, called all the youth pastors in the community together and we were like what do you need from us he goes i need subs we don't have enough teachers right now with everybody being out for covid and this and so there was a handful of us that you know we we had to pay and it was a nominal amount to get certified and then we just went into the building and like i had one school in particular that i subbed at i didn't go to multiple schools but i was able to build the relationships not only with the students yep uh, but the ladies in the office and the different faculty members uh, to almost where I, I served almost as not only a, a teacher, but a chaplain to both students and, and staff. Yeah. Yep. That if they needed something, they knew they could come to me. And if my church couldn't handle a certain need that I could, you know, make it happen. And, and even in Kentucky, like in, in Davis County, like we don't, we don't, there is no church in the schools right now. Yeah. And, yeah. And like I would be on subbing. Like I would go once a week and we'd have donut club. Mm-hmm. And the rule was like any student in the school could come to donut club and you could come, you'd get a donut and be able to hang out, but you weren't allowed to leave. And for the last 10 minutes, you had to listen to me talk. Right. Right. right? Yep. So we, would, we yep. would do the devotion and the school was like, they make the choice to go like we don't care yeah yeah but that all started because we already had the relationship with the different the superintendent and the principals and and all that so yeah it's just it's just been interesting it's just you know um it's just it's just harder to get in some of those doors where in other places and and the other the other component of this quite honestly and and chat i think even my area is probably even a little we're in a very affluent area. You are, yes. Yeah, you we're know, in a little different. We, we have some differences. Socioeconomics, differences around where you are and I am. And so like the so beyond just the you do what you want to do, like here in Parker, most people just are of such fi- have such financial means that they just don't have any problems or what they think are problems, right? right? There's nothing their credit card can't fix. Yeah. And, uh, and so like we tell like mission teams come in, the heart kind of the part you have to do in Parker is convince them that they are in need of a savior. Like they don't think they're lost. They don't every need and want they have is being met. I mean, we, oh, yeah, <laughs> we have storage lots full of RVs around here that because they can't park them in their million dollar, you know, home neighborhoods with the HOA and literally the average price of Parker of a house now is over. I think seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars. Like it's getting crazy, and so you have RVs. You have all their kids are in travel ball. I mean, anything and everything you want. They've got Bronco tickets, and and so they just have such financial means that they just don't think there's anything wrong. They don't need to be saved from anything. Uh, and so hard. I think part of it here, especially compared to Terre Haute, like I think we can all agree, they're the people recognize like. I messed up like it was much easier for them to recognize that here it's almost like you have to convince them 
that no, you're not okay, right? Like you're you're really yes, you're, you're in you're need dying of a savior. You know, uh, and I don't, he doesn't care about your money. He doesn't care about anything else. And the difference that I have up by me is, well, I have RVs on my street that people are living in. Not to belittle that, but um, it's a little more transient up here. Yeah. I mean, because there's a little bit of a, it's a mix socioeconomically. I think the neighborhood surrounding my church is probably a little more, it's a, it's poorer, but there, there definitely is Westminster has those pockets of affluence as well. Not maybe as broad the way Parker is, but you have this for a lot of folks, there's a lot of rental units, a lot of apartments, and they come up here because this part of the metro area rents are, I mean, it's hard to say they're even affordable, but if you're (laughs) going to find something cheap, you're going to come up to this area. And they're here just for a a brief amount of time. And and then they also don't think they're in trouble, but all the things that we've allowed as a culture here in the state you know, it won't debate the legalization of marijuana or any of that stuff, but they, they've got problems like true addiction problems. And they don't think there's an issue with it at all because, well, it's next to Seven Eleven. it's legal, it's in the store. And so, you yep. know, it, 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 it has that, that issue of, you know, I, I, what I've seen here that's been new to me is this consumer mindset Right, that I think plagues the church regardless, right? We have people that are coming and, and they want to be entertained and, and they're shopping. But I've had folks come for benevolence and and throw it at me. Like literally I had somebody, you know, we, we tend to give out gift cards to Kroger and Walmart and it wasn't, they expected way more then we could afford to give somebody and they literally yeah. threw the cards at me and <laughs> and then went to a Sunday school classes on a Sunday morning and put a plate out and started trying to collect money from the Sunday school <laughs> class because I wasn't giving them enough. And it's, and so it's, it's been hard to try to serve this area because that, that consumer mindset's even mm-hmm gone to the people that you're serving it's it's basically like well what are you going to do for me what have you done for me lately and and it sounds so horrible to say you know and you want to serve but it's like you're you know you're struggling within budgets and you don't you know and, and i'm the wrong guy to run benevolence because i'll give you everything you know you, <laughs> you throw kids involved and i'm like here take it all yeah. here's my watch yeah. we'll, we'll get you out but you know and, and but it's it's a yeah it's an interesting mindset you know, and I, well, I think it, it really is. And I think, guys, if you look at it, where we are as a culture, like what is the, the I mean, this was happening before COVID and I think COVID accelerated it and I think it's here to stay. But like the biggest jobs now people are getting are service related, DoorDash, yes. Uber, Uber Eats. I mean, fill in the blank. I mean, you can now, I mean, in Colorado, we, I think we, I think, I you, Chad, you can remind me. We had a bill on on our last election to allow DoorDash to deliver alcohol, and I think I think that passed. I don't think that passed. Yeah, I, I think, think they actually started. voted that down. It was on in, in here as well. I don't know if it passed. Really, we, we've gotten to this point where everything is service oriented. We don't even want to leave our home to go pick up our dinner. 
We're Wally. Delivered to us. We're that right? Disney movie. We're Wally. There's yes. just, you know, no human interaction. Yep. You know, drive-throughs, the dining rooms are closed and you they force yep. you through to the drive-through. Yep. But that mentality, I think we have to, as pastors, we have to look and go, okay, like this is what culture is is doing. I mean, if you just study business, the trends, you can see where the culture is going. And our culture right now is all, we don't produce anything anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't have trades anymore. We want service oriented. And, and you're even seeing ads now from like DoorDash. I saw one a couple of days ago about, uh, I think it was Sunday actually, uh, watching one of the football games where, you know, they have this guy who's, sitting and all of his friends are texting him all the fun he's having at, you know, the football game. And they're going, don't you want to be with them? You know, quit, quit working the, the standard job and come do DoorDash, right? right. When, when, and what's the allure? Work when you want to work, right? when you have to work. Yeah. So we have a whole culture shift going on. And it's no wonder that we can't, I mean, most restaurants around me or at least fast food, you can't go inside anymore or they're yeah. shutting down so early because they have no workers because nobody wants to work a set schedule. They want to do it when they want to do it. It's the whole Burger King, I want it my way. Yes. Thing. And so that mindset we cannot ignore transcends into people's view of the church. And so we have to, I think as pastors, number one, shepherd our flock well, to go, that's not biblical, <laughs> right? Right. Like, that's not the way it's designed to be. So we've got to make sure our people that we already have understand that. And then as we engage the community, I mean, again, it's that selfless service, the servant attitude of Christ that we need to do that as we teach the people about that, that is a completely antithetical position in our culture today because everything is about serve me when I want to be served. And that is not the faith. And yeah. so, and I think that goes to you in Kentucky now, us in Colorado. Oh, everywhere in between. You know, that, that's not just a Colorado thing. No, that's everywhere. That's everywhere. Right. And so that, that you made me think. So uh, a few minutes ago, you talked about like, you know, the people where you live, they don't think that they, they need a savior. Uh, and then, you cobble that. I think that's kind of trickling in everywhere. Um, so you look at where you're at, you look at where I'm at, uh, where we've been. Um, how is it that you work on, you know, you're dealing with people that don't think they need the savior that thinks everything is okay. Or on the other end of that, they need a savior, but that savior is going to come in the lines of, holy crap, how am I paying my electric bill? It's getting cold. I can't have, you know, I have to have heat. Yeah. So, and then the, but I, I need it to happen the way I want it to happen because it's, it's my way or no way right now. How is it that we break down the gospel for them to make them, to make it click, I guess. And, and, and I know we can't make it click. It's got to have to, you know, be planted and, and hindered, but like, so, so what, what are your thoughts on that being where you're at now opposed to, to where you've been? Yeah, I think honestly, where we were all at at one point in our life in that West central Indiana area, 
Um, the socioeconomic level was pretty low there. And I, and I think um, it was an easier, maybe not easier. It was, it was an easier, I think a little easier transition for us because they, so many of our interactions were people with needs. Oh, I mean, sure. Literally, yeah. You know, I mean, benevolence was such a huge part of ministry there um, where I mean, that was just an easy transition in the gospel of going, Hey, I'm going to meet the temporary need, but you've got a bigger need. I think out here, it really goes down to trying to articulate it in a manner of, I know your world looks good and I know you have all the trappings of the world, but I know when you go to bed at night and when you close your door, you still deal with the same insecurities and issues that we all deal with, which are a product of sin and the sinful nature. And so the disagreement with your spouse, the conflict with your child, the, the struggles at work, all that is a result of the fallen world in which we live. And so I think we just try to kind of break it down to the bare bones necessities of like, look, you, you may have everything you need financially, but from a relational perspective, you are still in need and you're struggling. And here's why, um, you know, God created the universe in a perfect form and state and man messed it up. And ever since then, God has been trying to restore that relationship with us. And he offered us his son to do that. Uh, we have to just simply uh, accept him and the offer of that. We're saved by faith through grace, not of our own works. And Amen. you kind of have that explanation. And then I think here too, Sadly, it's the big life moments still where people are more vulnerable. Uh, mm. when, when you have all the trappings of the world, uh, it's not until somebody has a death in the family or they get the cancer diagnosis. Um, or unfortunately, in Colorado, it's really weird. Like we are the target of mass shootings. I mean, yeah. You oh, yeah. At, you know, and so when that happens, even when one happens somewhere else that causes people here to reflect more and that allows more conversation about well how does evil exist in the world well that's a great question let's talk about it yeah. and so I, I think it's just using the basics of you know everybody's needy in in different ways i mean in, in many ways we're all needy in the same way and so even here where finances are not a concern for many people there's still the relational, the void in their life of, I have all this stuff and I'm still miserable. Mm -hmm. Why am I miserable? The hard part, guys, is getting them to the point where they'll be honest with you about that because life is so perfect here. They don't want to acknowledge that, you know, they're, they're struggling. Uh, and so that's where you just have to be around people. And that that's where I think you need both types of evangelism. They're, the, the more aggressive, bold, door-to-door. -door. But the relational here, it just takes longer, but that's where people will start to get vulnerable. And then that allows opportunities to address more of the needs here because it's not financial. It's 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 emotional. It's relational. It's spiritual. It's spirit, yeah, you absolutely. Know, and getting them to recognize that's the hard part. I tell you, with, speaking of relational, like so I had a, I had a guy sitting in my office uh, today um, you know, we're coming up on that time of year where what are we going to be doing over the next month or so? We're going to spend time with family, with friends, lots of celebrating, lots of eating, shout out, 
uh, <laughs> all that good stuff. And so it hit me. Like I've got this gentleman in my office today um, and he just looks wore out and sad. And I was like, man, what is your support system? Yep. He looked me in the eye and was like, I have the people I work with, but they, you know, they're, they're only there when I'm at work. And then I go home and there's a TV. Yeah. He has no friends. He has no social life. Now, some of that is his own doing because of choices he's made. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't come into my office for, for good things. Right. But, I, you know, I sit there and I was like, buddy, you've got to, to. And this is where I maybe stretch and toe that line a little too much. But, it's, you know, I told him, I was like, people aren't made to be loners. You know, we were made for exactly. life. Absolutely. God never intended for Adam to walk alone. Yep. Right. God doesn't intend for Andy and Chad and Bryce to walk alone. Not only are we with our wives, but we have communities that we're embedded in, uh, friend groups and support groups. Like I know that anytime that like it hits the fan with me, like I call Chad or you and, and you may not answer right away, but you get back to me pretty quick. Yep. Yep. And so I, I told him, I said, There there are ways that you can do that. And I said, I can't make you go to church and i don't even know if you believe but that is a real good place for you to find community because if the church is doing what it's done right they're going to look at what you've done and they're not going to give you a free pass but they're sure going to love you and and walk through that with you mm -hmm. so yep. being able to to use that especially at this time of year because i know the the clients that come in and see me they are just hopeless beyond hopeless right now because especially the ones that i see a lot of them can't go see family for the holidays um for for minutia of reasons but right. but wow know, look at you with a five dollar <laughs> word look that one up while i go don't judge me <laughs> I, I wanted to feel smart too okay so, um, so i'm gonna put that hat on i wear all the time here andy do you think like and especially for men we see this problem with with men, you know, not having friendships, being alone, you know, particularly men of a certain age. When you start to hit middle age, it's it's hard to make friendships. But it's, you know, I just I had lunch with a pastor last week and we were kind of saying the same thing. Like you can't go to the sandbox and be like, hey, you want to be my friend? You know, when you're 40 something. But <laughs> well, because you, it's, go ahead. Sorry. No, go. I was just going to go on my social media rant. As, oh, here we go. Um, as men, like, what are we talking from such a young age? Like, suck it up, you're fine. Yep. You scrape your knee, rub some dirt on it, don't you cry. I was raised by women, so I didn't have that. But still, <laughs> we're, we're taught, and it's embedded in us to to not show that emotion and to, it's okay being the loner, right? And so then when we have families, all of our time is spent with our family because Society talks about how dads and men, you know, they're not active in the home. So then we try to be active, but then we neglect friendships. And then when our, you know, I, my wife is notorious for, you know, she'll get back from going out with her friends. I'm like, oh, how was your night? Oh, good. Me and the kids did this. And, you know, they're in their rooms crying now because they didn't listen. And I, you know, <laughs> and then she's like, oh, when are you going out with your friends? And I'm like, uh, Honey, I'm a, I'm a youth pastor. I hang out with teenagers. I don't go out with my friends. Yeah. And so, like, we neglect all that because all of our focus in our life is on work most of the time. 
is on, on work and family. And so we don't spend that time building relationships. And then I have to go and look and take my own advice on God never intended us to walk through this alone. You know, we, God made people relational for a reason. And, and really some, sometimes we need those relationships because we can bless others and be able to share the gospel in some ways um, that they maybe not have seen. And it may just be by actions and not by words. Right. But there are other times that we need that to build us up because we get so worn down and all you want to do is go out and listen to somebody else talk. So I don't have to look at the department of Corrections stuff anymore. Or I don't have to worry about youth ministry budgets that I don't have that all my friends seem to have. Mm-hmm. And then I can just listen to their, you know, their problems and be there for them. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Andy. I think another thing, and I kind of go back to our conversations a moment ago about just being served people. And this is what I, you know, one of the blessings of moving a lot, you know, I, I grew up in the same town my whole life, but when I went to college, since college, I've been to uh, Atlanta, Charlotte, Fort Worth, Terre Haute, and now here. And so in almost all of those moves, we went somewhere not knowing people. Oh yeah, and, sure. Me and, too. And, I've, and I, and I, you know, I tell people and encourage them like building relationships is hard work. Mm-hmm. Like it, you have to own it. You have to pursue it. And we, we live in a culture now where we want what we want to pick up the phone, not even call. We want to do it on the app. So we don't deal with people, bring it to me. And so I think a lot of us, number one, it, it is hard. Number two, we're busy. But number three, we just don't want to put the effort in. And yeah, we so don't. Much, you know, building relations, it just it's requires work. effort. It, yeah, it is work. It, it is I feel, really seen. Work. I feel seen and I don't know that I like it. <laughs> well, and in this world where everything's been made, you know, where we're sociable, right? You have all these social media platforms. We have all these, we have all the apps, all these things that are supposed to connect us. We're, we're not doing the work and we're all incredibly lonely as a society. And it makes you wonder like, okay, so I've left the water running in the tub and the tub's overflowing and I'm standing there, but like, I don't know how to stop this. And it's like, we, we just keep digging a hole deeper and deeper instead of one day saying, you know what, I think I'm going to put this down and go across the street and ring my neighbor's doorbell and say, Hey, you want to go watch a football game? Not the Broncos, but you want to go watch a football game. (laughs) that's <laughs> fired at dinner holy cow <laughs> yep no I, I think you're spot on there I, I really do and and I would love to hear your social media rant at some point because that's you know I'm, I'm pretty sure we're on the same page Most certainly. <laughs> well I, I, I thought this is the downfall of America amen I mean, brother whatever like you know I'm tired of people having thousands of friends and you know and i'm an old i'm gonna get my old man pants on for a minute like who the heck why and andy i love you your old guy you got two old men now you know look bryce i don't get enough of this from chad why don't you go ahead and punch me too why are we listening to some 20 year old who's never done anything in their life exactly. as an influencer who's are making two million dollars for making 30 man, second I, videos i openly mock them i don't <laughs> <laughs> but in well, all seriousness, everybody thinks that they're connected, and that is a 
fake environment that nobody is vulnerable or they're too vulnerable, right? I mean, there's very few people that balance social media well. Either they're they're just weirdly open with everything going on in their life and like, I don't need to know that or my life is perfect. Very so, balanced in that. And and both those, both those, uh, those bookends, right, that you've described, both those lives are still curated. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything well, is curated. We all have a mutual friend and you may not realize who I'm talking about. And that's fine because I'm not naming names now. <laughs> You'll say something to them and it's like, you know, what do you, why are you doing this? Well, I have to let my friends know. And so then you'll ask, well, how many friends do you do you have? And she'll be like, oh, I have like 1,300 friends. Close friends? Oh, yeah. Well, where are they at? Oh, on Facebook. And then you go, she's got 1,300 friends on Facebook. Or they have 1,300 friends on Facebook. And and that they, they seem to think that they're connected to every one of those. Yeah. 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 And it's... A mentor of mine once told me, if you have five good 3 a.m. friends, meaning 3 a.m. in the morning, you call and they'll answer. If you have five of those, you're a blessed man. Oh, yeah. And, Amen. And I think part of that was not just the quantity, but understanding what he I never really I appreciate now more than I did when he told me is it just requires work to maintain those relationships. It is impossible to maintain 1,300 friendships. Like, oh, let's just be honest yeah, about that. You know, yeah. it's hard for me to maintain five. I mean, yeah. just with life and everything else going on. And so, but that's what it, we just as men, especially, and as pastors, we have to work on that and just put the effort in to be vulnerable. Uh, and it takes, I tell folks, it takes two plus years to build a good friendship. I mean, it, it just does. And um, you know, we want again, we want the microwave, boom, it's done. Yeah. We have it, and it just doesn't work that way. No. Well, Bryce, we're definitely gonna have you back so we can uh both do the social media rant and drive Andy crazy. Yes, um, I mean I have uh I, I've figured out that I am the Douglas Wilson of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I have to Google something again. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a podcast of his a couple of days ago by text. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now I know who we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> but uh Bryce, how can uh let's talk about connection. So uh Cross Family Church, what's uh what's the website? Anybody? Yeah, I know we have a couple can we have a one Canadian listener, but if they're ever here in Colorado mm -hmm. out of our, our nine listeners, they can uh visit. Cross Family Church there in Parker. Look, how, can, uh, how can they find you? Back to back guests. We're gonna like go aluminum or something. Like we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna be big time now that we've had guests. There you go. Now crossfamilychurch.org uh, is our website. That's kind of the central point for us. We are on social media. Um, I'm not Bryce. Bryce isn't running. So is he? Neither <laughs> am I. Sadly, I am. That's the sad part. But oh, thank God. Man. Thank God. Let me just say this. Thank God for postplanner.com because I can post it all and be done with it and never look at it. So see, he's posted Yoda <laughs> tweets. 
He's doing yeah. Yoda tweets two weeks in advance. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, crosscountrychurch.org. Um, you know, we're we're meeting in a school right now. We're I think our big prayer is that we find more of a permanent location in the next 12 months. We haven't land, uh, which we're very grateful for, but you know, the process to build, the cost to build, yeah. we I think are looking for somewhere in between for that's that's seven years. We, we I don't want to be portable for seven years. Sure, uh, sure. so we're praying for a kind of a building, but but yeah, love to have anybody they can reach out. Um, emails connect with us there. Uh, and just grateful for the opportunity to be on here, guys. It's been fun. Yeah. So remember, if you it, we do have social media, if you want to reach out, it's Hill Hipster Pod. It's at Hill Hipster Pod on the uh, Elon Musk Bird app on the Twitter. And uh, it's Hill Hipster Pod at gmail.com. And we are on all the uh, podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcast. All, all the platforms. That's right, because once we got an Apple, then Dr. Ashley started listening. Yeah, Dr. Wife said she wouldn't listen to us until we were on Apple. So that was my goal. <laughs> on Apple, God love her. She, I think she listens every so often. I don't know that she's... So Dr. Ashley, let's get a five-star review on Apple right. so you can push us to the top. Remember the sushi place, Dr. Ashley. Remember the sushi place. Oh, we, we laugh about the sushi and your wife's reaction. Awesome. <laughs> well, Bryce, I usually reserve this for Andy, but because you are our first guest, you get the last word. And hopefully hey. it's some secret about Andy. Uh, no, I'm going to protect my dear friend tonight. It's been, <laughs> it's been great. You know what? I, I just encourage everybody in Thanksgiving season, you know, be thankful. Take some time. Thank you. Hopefully, if you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, make him your Lord and Savior. Amen. But uh, just express your thankfulness to him for all he's done. Uh, we are worthless. Uh, only through him are we uh, worth anything. And he has blessed us with things we don't deserve. And so as we go into Thanksgiving season, just be thankful and uh, look for ways to uh, love and share the gospel with others around you. Amen. That's a that's a good word, Bryce. Well, Andy. I hope you uh, have a good rest of your week and let's sign off and just be blessed. I'll take it. All right, guys. We'll talk to y'all later. Have a good one. All right. See you guys.